Welcome to the Red Dove Podcast. We are women storytellers and our stories center on Black women, activism, and mental health. I'm Rainy. And I'm Liz. And it's so good to see you. It's actually been three or four weeks where we've all recorded live. Like, surprise, the last four episodes you guys heard, we did them all back to back to back a month ago because various pod members are going on vacation so welcome back it's good to see you rainy it's good to see you too i've missed i've missed it it's been great but i do love listening on sundays when they premiere so (laughs) oh me too and blue is still on vacation but don't worry she'll be back next week so but i thought like oh these three weeks like i'm going to be able to really like work on mental health, self-care, like slow down because we're so busy. And then there's a couple big projects that I'm involved in that are like taking off. So I was like, this is great. I'll have three weeks. I don't have to record. I'll get so much done or nothing at all. And either way, it's good. And then it's like something happened and it was so organic and it was like kind of like an explosion and you will not believe my past three weeks, Rainy. Like, well, first of all, audience members, tonight we're going to tell two different stories uh, about activism in schools. So I've always been like really outspoken and active in where I live. And when that happens, you sort of start to meet other like-minded people when you're involved in this kind of work and there's a camaraderie amongst you. And recently where I live, there is a small but loud vocal group saying that children should not wear masks in school. And they've been attending board of ed meetings and uh, really causing a ruckus. And they're all white, by the way. And I don't think that's talked about enough in like the news and the reporting about, they just say people don't want to mask and this and that. It's not people, it's white people. But anyway, so yeah, and my town, or my, the, where I live is also introducing for the first year an African-American course um, for the high school, which was brought about by high school students led by a black woman who graduated valedictorian of the high school and is now at Princeton. But um, following the, the murder of George Floyd, this woman, she and other High school students protested and organized a march and uh, organized a Juneteenth event. And collectively, as a group of students, they advocated and demanded that the school implement an African-American course. And And these are their words. They said, you know, we are hurting. This is killing us. These are our experiences. Some of the things was like, we don't see ourselves in the history books. It comes from a very white Anglo-Saxon viewpoint. And the few times that we do see ourselves, it's in the context of um, being enslaved or the 1965 civil rights movement. So didn't you know that's the only part that black people played in America? That's it, two points. Boom and boom. Great, (laughs) And, and all done. And and you're so right. And the other part that they wanted to see was a social justice education. So they do this. They've been these students. They've been doing this for a year and the Board of Ed passes it. So we're going to have a class um, for our it's a mandatory course for our high school students. And they're redeveloping the entire curriculum K through 12 the history curriculum so that the history, there's less segregation of topics and we're finally going to tell America's story, not Black History Month, you know, and white is just the default history. Like, no, they're going to do it all. And it's starting with this course in high school. So, oh, surprisingly enough, the same white anti-maskers in our town are also very anti the African-American course and Horrible things have been said, and a, a, um, a woman of the global majority that is a board member uh, was referred to as a colored person oh, at the board God. meeting. Ugh. Yes, so it got real. And so 
long story short, I was not expecting to be very public in doing any type of talking or like active um, organizing. And a woman in my community, my pod, approached me and said, will you co-start this grassroots group with me? Um, we really need to take action about what's going on at these board of ed means. Because as you know, like go back to our first episode about hate monger and what Kimberly Jones taught us, you have to show up at your board meetings. It's mm-hmm. easy. Whether you have a kid or not, just go to one. Because um, what's happening right now all across the country is there's big fights going on at the board of ed meetings about masking and about teaching about social justice or um, updating, upgrading our history curriculum. These are huge fights going on in every board, of, most board of ed across the country. Oh, yeah. Definitely so, coast. Yes, yes, you are on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast and it's same story, but different. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so, so my friend, so here we are and she sets it all up and da, 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 da. And mind you, a little bit about myself. I, I'm not a public speaker. It's very hard for me to talk in public. I'm more of a writer. I, I do actions, but I'm not the one speaking at the front. And um, because of all this, I'm more, I'm better as a collaborator and I've never been like a leader. And here I was like thrust into this situation. Like I walked through the door, no one thrust me into it, but I was definitely out of my comfort zone. But so she starts this group, right? And she's lived in this area her whole life. Like half of these people, I feel like they went to middle school with her and I don't know any of them. So, but she starts, so she starts this group and she's like, we have one and two, well, we said we have one and two priorities, the masks and the African-American course. And we're going to have our group, an active group of citizens of this town or the surrounding areas, the active participants at board of education meetings, emailing. Um, So we started a campaign emailing about uh, wearing masks. At that point, we said we uh, want the board to pass a resolution that K through 12, it's mandatory masks and so forth and so on. Well, then our governor, so everybody does it, right? Like the group is just like crazy. Like everybody gets in it. I invited you. Yeah, into you it. <laughs> I, I invited Blue as well, but she never goes online or social <laughs> media. So she did not, I don't even know if she knows. By the way, she just accepted my fa- Facebook request. <laughs> I, I sent that like three months ago. <laughs> I, yeah, Blue. But so, so now, so like within a week, we had 400 members. Wow. Yeah, it was, and it was kind of, it was really picking up some steam. And then um, one of the members was a former board of ed president. And she said, she suggested that we email the superintendent and request a meeting as soon as possible regarding the masks coming up, blah, 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 blah. So we do. The man gets back to us. He's like, yeah, come on in. So now I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. I'm so nervous, right? Having like extra medication, extra therapy session, like this is even telling you about this. I feel like I'm sweating. I'm like, it was so scary. But so then before our meeting, our governor uh, does a mandate and says, no, nah, it's all K through 12, takes the power of the decision away from the board of ed. So I was like, well, psychologically, this is a good win for our group because they had already emailed and we come to find out later, like hundred of them emailed out of 400. So it's like a pretty good turnout. But it was like, kind of like, okay, well, that went our way now what so then we focus on the african-american course and our main focus was to advocate for what the students said they wanted in the course because not everybody knew what was going on in the course it is so crazy rainy like so the admin of this group with me somehow all of a sudden we are we are we are taking a meeting with the girl the excuse me the woman that advocated for this african-american course the 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 college student oh wow yeah like it's like sex six days or something i'm like this is crazy like i don't think i've ever talked to anybody in this whole town 
and I've lived here for like four years. <laughs> and now I'm like in yeah, you're talking to hundreds of them. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we end up like luckily being in this this space in this meeting with her. We're in the room with them. We're in the room with um, the African-American Civic Association representatives who were also been advocating for this course they've some of their members have been advocating for this type of course for 20 years 20 or more so to tell you tell you like I felt like I was in a room with giants is an understatement I was like oh my god this is you know what you know what the awesome thing about it though is those giants also are teenagers they're young people right like they're giants but they are also 17 18 19 20 years old how how hopeful is that right yes and so they were like hey we've been doing this for a year this whole they have um teach-ins and they said like the african-american civic association is involved in a lots of different things and busy the um students once they go back to school they're not so busy they're like we want you your group to carry the torch for us help us glow while we are away and continue this work in our absence. So again, it felt like huge honor. Then their last event, all of a sudden there's our logo that I made like on Canvana, like Sunday night, <laughs> co-sponsoring this event. Oh my God. And our names like up like are with the African-American Association. Like it just felt like, how did I like, I'm in the room with greatness right now. It's, it was quite an honor and they did an amazing job. It was an event and they told like everything about the course it was very eye-opening. They brought in people from the community to tell their story and everybody keeps emailing and saying how much, you know, they want this to pass and da, 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 da. Board of Ed meeting. It looks like it's a slam dunk. No, Board of Ed meeting. Everything the students told us they wanted is in the course. It's a four-part course and it first part, starts with like you know african kings and like queens and people like that kind of history um and it goes through and the last part is all about black lives matter activism social justice it was everything they wanted and we're sitting there flabbergasted we're like this is the easiest activism i've ever done (laughs) like i told some of these like newbies in the group i was like you have no idea like people sometimes go years decades before they see what they want in like a course of two weeks. Yeah. Everything we were like, quote unquote, advocating for, it just was like, here you go. So why are we even going to this meeting with the superintendent? But we do, it's him, the two assistant superintendents, they are both African-American women and they were involved in this course being developed. And we're just sitting there and he's, it was pretty, it was pretty powerful. So he said he got like, over a hundred emails. And then we start, actually we modeled, I modeled our group on your group in California, the way you structured it when you created it. I even used very similar language in your announcements and modeled that blueprint for this group. And I love it so much. (laughs) Coast to coast. And similar to your group, we started having Zoom meetings where we would come up with action items, things that we wanted to advocate for. And that went really well. And people seemed to be really involved. So then, and there's still like majority white people in the group, not like at the Zoom meeting necessarily, but in the group. And then there are some, they're like what I would say, like dangerous liberals. Mm. They think they're liberal but they have um, they have a lot of like education to do on certain topics. I'll, yeah. I'll leave it there. Let's say it. they are harmful as fuck. They are. I'll just say, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for them. Like they doesn't mean they are a bad person, whatever, whatever. It's not about your feelings. This is about black lives. Like it's harmful as fuck. However, the board of ed meeting was last night rainy. It started at 6.30 and it ended at 11. (laughs) And, oh, and another thing we wanted, well, not we, another activist group wanted was board meetings to be via Zoom. So like equity concerns, more people can participate. 
Right. I'm watching this at home. I wish I had popcorn. It was like some serious drama. From 6.30 to 11, I saw a white man and a bunch of other um, anti-maskers, also coincidentally, not coincidentally, anti-African-American course, um, try to not have, not wear masks. The superintendent brought in the like ROTC to employees. Oh, what? I was like texting um, my friend. I was like, oh my God, he's serious. Like (laughs) they're not playing around. Right. Good. We we don't have time to play around with these people anymore. Like they're fucking harmful. And that's what happened at the, the last meeting. This jackass and his little posse shows up without masks. And the board didn't help. Well, the, the lawyer and the superintendent and the security guard did surround him and be like, put on the mask, bro. And he literally said, I pay your taxes. Like you work for me. Like, no, that's not how it works. You dipshit. Right. So bad thing is they just let him not wear the mask. So that was also like an onslaught of emails from our group and like actions, like enforce the mask policy. Here's why. Da, 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 da. So this one, it's like, I feel like the superintendent was like making up for it. It was like, like warp nine. He had like the armed guards, all this stuff. The, the leader, the lead jackass, he refuses to wear a mask to the point where they, they stopped the, the audio and the live feed of the board meeting and like cut it. Oh no. <laughs> you come back, he's wearing a gas mask. <laughs> what what i sent you a picture that someone took of it what okay let me check this right when now. i tell you yes the audacity of mediocre white men oh my god oh <laughs> what a fucking idiot oh my god what now he proudly tells people that he is also not vaccinated so you have a not vaccinated motherfucker walking around schools without a mask on. Oh my God, around children who can't be vaccinated. He should not be allowed to take up a bed if he gets COVID. <laughs> like, well, like you, okay, you sign your waiver. We, we don't have to help you. It gets better. Oh, it gets better than this man who looks like a fucking, like the fly. <laughs> he looks like the fly right now. It is the most ridiculous. Th- I, what point is he making right here? How big of a jackass can I look like in one night? He's running for the board of education. Shut up. Oh my God. No, no, you are lying. No, nope. He, I, yes. What? So elections are like November 2nd or something. And obviously like, we don't want to be political, but we do want to put, every candidate's platform into like a document or just that's actually our next meeting is like what are we going to do like there's a bunch of different action steps we can do them all we could you know like so we're going to figure it out but yeah with his if you put that information just put that picture you don't need anything else says it all folks like here you go (laughs) just i you know what gets me is these people are so stupid these mass mandates are state level. They're not within the jurisdiction of the school boards anyways. Cause you know what? If the school boards decide not to listen to mass mandates, they don't receive funding from the state, which means their schools can't run. So it's not up to the school board. It's not up to the districts. It's a state level thing. Once the governor says it has to happen, there is nothing, any superintendent, any principal, any district level anybody can do these people are fucking idiots and they're really they're really like internet trolls because once they're out in the open what i observed they have no public speaking skills they are not intimidating um or brash like i've seen that in other parts of the country but just in this particular circumstance this guy's like 150 pounds soaking wet like no presence, not even, he's not a good orator. So like, that's what we drew attention to our group meeting was so, because it's like, part of the thing is like, get up and stand up. Like 
Stop being afraid because guess what? The majority feel the same way as you. So if one of you starts doing something, it's going to embolden everybody else. And this person, when confronted, because my partner confronted him after the last BOE <gasps> meeting. No, did he really? Oh my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> because he, like this guy and a bunch of like anti African-American course were standing outside of the entrance exit for the BOE meeting. So like we left at nine, they were like, we have kids to pick up. This is crazy, but <laughs> they're there. So then TJ's or my part. Yeah. TJ's like, yeah, hold on. And he has a discussion with them. He's like, what's your problem with this? And this, they crumble. Like they're, they could, they did not, they were not the way they were online. And that's not the case everywhere in the country, but to anyone listening, it might be the case where you are. Like, do not be afraid to stand up and say something and do something that you know is right. Because chances are 50 other people in the room are thinking the same thing as you. And their foundation is just a bed of lies and bullshit. I mean, how can you stand firm on something that is made up? It is steeped in hate and misinformation. You can't stand firm on anything like that. So of course they crumble. I say that they are victims of misinformation because like, I feel like survivors, like you've survived something. I feel like victims, like you're still in the act of victimization, like these individuals. And we know it go back to the first episode. You talk about what happened in the nineties. Like it's the same playbook. They just update it for the times that they're in. All these people are using talking points that they hear from like right-wing hate groups or Fox news. And it's the same talking points. In fact, there was another group. Um, what, are, what are they called? Like no left education or something. It's basically, it's a hate group that has been um, creating cells all over the country in all different towns, like no left turn in education, you know, Wyoming or like wherever. They're all over. And we have one cell where I live. And she always moves left. It, it always moves left because left is equitable. And that's how education is supposed to go. It's supposed to be equitable. Well, not to them. They are trying to be a nonprofit and like they keep getting rejected. They're like, yeah, you're a straight up hate group. Yeah, you can't be a nonprofit and a hate group. Well, we have one cell in our area and they're not even from our town, but they'll show up with their anti, like their racist material, like anti CRT that's like their big tagline and they just try to hand it out at the last point and I like gave it back to her. I'm like I don't want your racist literature and she was like oh, oh. you just have to like say something and she you just tore it up right in front of them can I have another yeah actually I would have been like can I have some for my friends cool nope <laughs> in their face <laughs> you're right that's what I'll do next time because then she could have used it again for someone else waved her money <laughs> all of them take like yeah 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 sure Right. And then just like dump shit all over them and, and tear it up so they can't use them. Waste their money. All right. Stay tuned. I'll report back next week. <laughs> the good thing I want to say about all of this in all seriousness was like in the matter of like a couple of weeks, like 450 some odd people got really active. Like at the last meeting, the majority of the comments were praising um the African-American course being implemented and centering the voices of the students that pushed for it to change. And we had over 10 people at this meeting that probably never gone to a board of ed meeting before. And even more people participating via Zoom because you can publicly comment via Zoom as well. And the turnout was amazing. And listening to people speak in praise of like what these students did and what the board decided to do by putting in this course compared to the haters and the racists. It was such a stark contrast, even in the way that we spoke. And I hope that everyone listening heard and saw the buffoonery of hate. And then it galvanizes people to continue and to join us. Um, our favorite friend with the gas mask, 
He goes up to do a public comment with the gas mask on. And he like, he like, I don't know. They have like goofy rules. Like you have to say what, like, like only you can only talk about this during this public comment. And then this and another. Well, he didn't even know. He starts arguing. Then he says to the superintendent, I want my full three minutes back. Cause he was like talking, he was just standing there yelling and like, uh, no, sir, you, you got three minutes. If you want to waste it yelling at us through a gas mask, you look like a stormtrooper, like go for it, but we're not resetting the clock. He argues, he takes off the gas mask, the entire board. They're like, we're calling a recess. They stand up and leave. Everyone in the audience leaves. And I'm watching this on the screen. I'm like, this is riveting. (laughs) (laughs) And this guy's standing there yelling to no one. And we're watching it via like Zoom. And I'm like, I hope this helps people see the buffoonery and stop being afraid and start being the adult. Yes. They're only powerful. You do not leave. What'd you say? They're only powerful if you stay and listen. Ignore them. It's the gray rock method. Like, treat them like a gray rock. You don't interact with them. You don't engage with them. They need fuel to their stupid fire. Don't give it to them. That's the secret. And that's what I hope that more people are starting to, like, wake up and realize. Like, the old tired phrase, but it's never tired. Silence is compliance. Mm -hmm. So it's like, stop being afraid. Because guess what? The majority of the people where we live feel the same way right and it's not when i say ignore it i don't mean no no ignore the problems it's talking to people like that is emotionally and mentally draining you have far too many other things to do with your time personally i'd rather clip my toenails (laughs) but (laughs) i'd rather spend my mental energy on that but like it really is and i used to get caught in that loop where i'm just arguing with these people and i'm like why am I arguing with these people who are on the complete other side of the fence when I could be talking to people who are on the fence and are ready to get helped to the right side? Exactly. And they did something. They did an act. They, everyone walked out. So he's just standing there pointing his finger. They cut the audio. So you're just watching this. Like, he looks crazy. Like, what are you doing? Right? Like, good. It takes his power away. It was super powerful. I think like it really like this is a s- easier situation than I've been in in the past because these people want to do the work. So and we, we live in a progressive area. So having the power that be the superintendent and the board on your side and maybe even more progressive than you is is quite a different type of activism than elsewhere let's I mean that's obvious so so that's and then so that's like where we're like okay well everything we wanted we got and more so what do we do Rainy I'll cut this if you don't want me to say it like can I say about the parents university yeah absolutely okay well one question that kept coming up is We're so excited. We wish we had this from the parents. We're so excited. We wish we had this course when we were growing up. Is the school offering any like type of parents university so we can learn the curriculum? And then I think that there are also racists that are like, let me see the curriculum. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you get hit with all these wins right off the bat and discussing it with the student that started all of this, and um, the African-American Civic Association was in the room, we decided to do the parents' university ourselves because the school is not going to do it. So sometimes it's like when you get all these wins, it's like you have to look for areas that need to be filled and always shining, adding to the glow of the grassroots activists and like the leaders and not trying to just like, oh, this is my thing. Like, no, they've kind of already started doing this. Like, just keep adding to their glow. So, okay, that's a need we can fill. So we're going to start, um, I don't know, sometime in, in September, kind of like a teach-in. And we're going to call it Parents University and Red Dove listeners. We asked Rainy and she accepted. 
So Rainy is going to be teaching my town <laughs> about social justice. And I'm so excited. It's going to be via Zoom. It's going to be so exciting. Side note, if you do this, pay Black women for their time. This is a professional trade. Not everybody wants to do, talk about this stuff. Not everybody has the desire to do so. So pay Black women for their time, which we are doing. But yeah, super excited. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I was really, really happy when you approached me about it because this is what I love to do. And, you know, I do it on the level of middle schoolers, but to be able to do it to the parents of kids like mine, like that's huge. And, you know, that's how we make things better, right? Education, we always say is, you know, how you do better. So I'm excited to educate adults who want to listen. Be a new, yeah, different experience for you. Right. Oh my God. I'm like, I don't even, I don't like, what do I say? <laughs> you know, like, that's kind of how I felt for like the first week. I don't think I've ever been around that many white people in years and years and years and years. And yeah, it took a minute to just like different sort of people, I guess is what you would say. Right. Like, I don't know. Probably cut that, but <laughs> I mean, but like, I, I am around white people like that. A lot of white people, but not open like that, not open for learning. Not that, you know, like the, the, the people at the school and the places that I work with are a totally different breed. They're awesome. Um, but I spend a lot of time in spaces where they're really more like what you were saying that gas mask person was like, exactly. You know, it's really more like, Oh my God, like, how did you, how did you graduate high school? First of all, <laughs> Like, and, and, and second, like, why are we still having this argument? Like, this seems like I, I'm talking to a crazy person. Like, I am, it's almost not fair to have this discussion with you because you clearly are not working with the same tools I am. <laughs> it circles back to what you said earlier. It's like, and this is great advice to anyone listening. Don't waste your energy, like to a certain point, And depending on who you are, protect your mental health, protect your peace, some people do not want to accept what you are saying. It's not that they do not understand what you are saying. It's that, that they enjoy the privileges of white supremacy and they don't want to change it or dismantle it. So focus on the people that do because you're going to have a bigger impact. But anyway, so that's my story with school and education and activism I love it. What about you? So my story with activism does not start off as happy and it does not have quite so many wins. Um, so the area I'm from in Southern California, um, you know, we have a city council member who actually made it on the Colbert show for, you know, um, comparing having to wear a mask to being put on the back of the bus like Rosa Parks. Mm. So that was super fun to hear that. And when, you know, we made it very clear how harmful that comment was, this person doubled down and was like, I don't understand. Why can't Rosa Parks be a hero for everyone? She's not just a hero for black people. And you're just like, wow. I mean, the point was over here <laughs> and your dumbass is 10 miles away. Like what happened? Are you kidding me? So not what we're saying. Right. Like, you know, and it was just the comparison and then talking about the historic racism that has been in this city for a long time. I mean, you know, it's a it is known as a white flight city, you know, where white people would go from Los Angeles to flee from, you know, you know, the moving in and, and, and the upward mobility of people of color, you know, is that so like a suburb? Mm -hmm. oh, okay yeah definitely a white flight suburb and they're super okay with it they're super okay with the status quo it's, it's a very conservative you know you think california we're all hippies and you know like left all left leaning and there are really 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 scary red pockets of like places like i said like where i grew up the town next door there are places where i will not wear a black lives matter shirt hmm I've worn a mask and had a white man get in my face. And 
scream all lives matter and you know the only reason why i reacted the way i did was because my children weren't with me and i turned around and i was like i didn't fucking ask you and i was nice. like oh, I had like a out-of-body experience there you know because i'm not usually i'm not aggressive like that you know because i'm always thinking i'm a woman i'm not a tall woman and you know this man was easily six foot and you know i knew he did it because i was a woman and you know i'm like he wouldn't have done that had my father been there he wouldn't have done that had any black man been there. He did this because he thought that I was, you know, he could intimidate me. And had my children been there, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have reacted the way I did. You know, just thinking, um, you know, of safety and stuff. But like a yeah. mom, like a warrior. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, the city has been a problem. It's been a problem for a long time. I mean, I going to high school in the city, and you know, it's a city where when I was in high school and I told the principal that I wanted to be the first, or not the principal, my English teacher, that I wanted to be the first black president. He said that would, we'd never have a black president in my lifetime, like in front no. of everybody, in front of the entire class. So when Obama, you know, I think I told you guys a story on earlier, but yeah, when Obama was elected president, I got all of these emails and text messages from all of my classmates who were in the room that day. And we're like, do you remember? I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so, you know, that's the level of kind of racism that this town is known for. And people are always like, yeah, nope. You know, people, when they find out the city, they're like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not taking my ass there. Like, <laughs> it's, they're racist there. No, I'm, I'm not spending my money there. So, you know, and like they said, there are places I wouldn't go to at, at night by myself just because of like you have these really racist people and they are they are rich and privileged and also like it's a really weird microcosm right because you think like rich and privileged aren't so vocal you know they're kind of like I'm just gonna kind of be off on my own and keep my money or you know a lot of times really rich educated white privileged people tend to be a little bit more progressive right but more educated yeah, that's not the case here. These are rich, not as educated white people, right? They're they're rich from, you know, working off the backs of, you know, people in landscaping businesses and stuff like that, right? Oh, Jesus. So they're rich like that, but they're also uneducated as hell or they get their educated education from super conservative colleges. So it's like, well, cool. So anyways, um, the city councilwoman has been just a thorn in our side and our, the group that, you know, Liz was referring to before, you know, we go to city council meetings all the time. And we had one city council meeting that started at seven and it went till three in the morning. Oh my God. See, when I told you it ended at 11, I expected a much bigger reaction. Like that is fucking crazy. Be because that's how bad the racists are. Wow. And it's like comment for comment. So at this point, we're trying to show that there are just as many of us who are for mask and for CRT as there are against because they are so loud. And it is the the lies, the misinformation. I mean, like they get up there. Uh, there's this one, there's a, a, a pastor of a church. It's like this super, it's a like, you want to talk about evil. I mean, evil awful people they invited marjorie green taylor or marjorie taylor green and she spoke at this church down here like so awful. they're not they're not just like they're very violent they are they're, they're domestic I, yeah i it sounds like domestic terrorism or domestic extremism as one black woman said it. um that's what it, it it's it's the violence for me it's the audacity to come into your face and scream at you about what, what your mask is. That to me is very scary. It is. And that's what makes it hard to go up against this. It mm -hmm. doesn't feel safe. You know, so this, this pastor gets up and, you know, city, this, there's one person of color on city council and, you know, he has been for the mask mandates and, you know, we started uh, this thing called ready commission and it's, you know, uh, race equity, diversity, and inclusivity because we needed it. And that was like the biggest committee that anybody has ever applied for. I think they had like 
80, 90 applicants for this commission because it was needed. And so these people are trying to disband it. They're saying it's just racist. We don't need it in the city. The city doesn't have a problem with systemic racism. And- oh my God, the white people said the same thing at the Board of Ed meeting. Yeah. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, you are that guy that got told you're a racist fuck on Facebook or something. Like this, yeah. like they are whining little bitches about this. They are. It's so funny. They use the word snowflake. And you're just like, man, you project so much, <laughs> so much. Yeah. I mean, but it, it's exactly that. But, you know, they're just like you said, it's so violent. This pastor was in the city council meeting and he said to the only person of color, um, he starts talking about how God only made one race, the human race, and to acknowledge the different races is sin and he pointed to our group and he's like, these people are evil and sinful and they're trying to destroy our city with their evil uh, racism and they're trying to divide us and we are not going to let you do it. Like very scary. And then he looked at the city councilman. And he's like, and I don't know where you stand spiritually. You look spiritually dead in the eyes to me. You're spiritually dead. This is the same language that was said at my board of ed meeting. I live on the East Coast. You live on the West Coast. This is what's happening across the nation at every board of ed. And it's coordinated. And it's coordinated from these right extremist think tanks. It's their words. Remember, go back to the first episode. Words. Words matter. It's their words that they're just pumping. It's the exact fucking message. Word for word. That's weird. Like, first off, separation of church and state you dick like, what's that no i know right <laughs> They're like, this is my pulpit now and i was like you don't even live in this city you live in the next city over and he's like heathen yeah it was yeah pretty much and you know <laughs> and it was so sad watching the city councilman because you know he got pissed he started like clapping like oh nice buddy nice and he's like you're not supposed to talk when i'm talking i'm like you're you wouldn't say this to his face if you were out and about you're only doing this because it's this very very regulated formula right here you know what a coward you are you don't do this and you know you you Mm -hmm. speak for you speak your vileness from your pulpit and i'm telling you white christianity is really where this supremacy is taking root yeah having gone to predominantly white christian schools when i was younger watching these people that I went to school with and where they're at now, I can tell you right now, that's where it starts. This, you want to talk about white supremacy? It starts in white churches. Don't let them fool you into thinking that they're for the love of God. No, they're for the love of people who look like them. And money, right? Like, cause that's kind of part of why racism exists. It is. For this capitalist system. You know, because how can you claim love of anybody love of god or whatever and then watch your black brothers and sisters dying in the streets and turn a blind eye but then you want to have a freak out about wearing a mask that's what you're worried about but you're not worried about us dying okay no you're not christians or you you know you're not full of love i can tell you that right now so anyways sorry that's a bit of a tangent it, it's just been on my heart lately it just it's 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 disgusting it's hard to swallow when you keep hearing the same rhetoric and you're just like, you just, you're not anyways. Um, so we keep getting told there's no systemic racism in the city, even though like, it's like, but it's like, it's literally right here on, on the podium. (laughs) I'm looking at it. It's right there. Um, and so then, um, they're saying there's nothing. And then last Friday, um, there is a, a city that's close by that has, um, it's more predominantly brown and uh, black students. And um, they came, their cheerleaders came to a football game at the city's high school, uh, the city that I'm from. And the cheerleaders and the football players and some people in the stands apparently started booing these cheerleaders, called them the B word, called them the N word at a football game, these cheerleaders, these black and Latina cheerleaders were called out of their names, called racial slurs Mm. from the high schoolers of these people that I'm talking about. And the coach of these girls wrote this 
really just this message that just broke my heart that she was just like, I sat there and watched my girls just be absolutely abused and to be called these names when they're here for a football game. And it was horrifying. It was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. And then reading the Facebook comments the next morning and you see all of these people like, yeah, that school's known for that. Yeah, I remember playing a football game over there and being called this word when I was in high school. Yeah, they're super racist. It was just like hundreds of comments about, it was like, yeah, it's not surprising for that school. Mm. Yeah, we know people of color. And it's like, it's so disheartening, right? But there is there is something on the other side of it. So a lot of people in the group that I am in, this activism group, and I didn't have as much of a role in it this time because school started and I am trying to protect my own peace. And at that point, I was like, I'm too angry. I'm too upset. I can't do it. I can't, I can't put myself in that zone right now. Like I, I, I couldn't do it, but I could do things on the side, which I did, but they mobilized this group of, I think we're about seven or 800 people strong now mobilized. And they're like, what can we do? So um, a couple of the people in that school, people uh, have children at that school. So they organized a protest outside of the school. That said, wow. Black Lives Matter, teenagers, Black Lives Matter. We stand with you. We stand with this other school. Hate has no home here. And it was a pretty big protest. It was like, you know, a, a good number of students came out and, you it know, was huge. It was over a block of city block of students with signs. It was incredible. Right. And, and parents who came out to support and who were honking and holding things up. And then my group mobilized and, you know, one of my good friends helped with it. She actually spearheaded it. Um, she mobilized and was like, we need to let those cheerleaders know that our city does not all stand for that. We don't condone that. So we have been this kind of beacon of social justice in this city and, you know, saying we're not going to let this happen. This is the same group that started this diversity committee. You know, we went to city council was like, we need to have this. And so they raised, or my, my group raised for these cheerleaders within 48 hours, maybe 36 or maybe 72, we raised $1,600. Wow. To those cheerleaders to let them know that we stand with them, to let them know that what happened was not okay, that we don't condone it. We were able to buy them a pizza party. And we were like, take this. And if there's cheerleaders who need things that you guys haven't been able to get, here's $1,600 to get them things. Wow. And we mobilized. And we're also going to the board of education meeting and saying, the whole cheer squad should be disbanded for the year. That mm -hmm. should be punishment, right? Like that should yes. be it. And yes. And we went to the city councilwoman and we sent letters like, okay, what do you have to say about this? And her response was just, it was so bad. It was, well, did you call the police? I don't know why you're talking to me about it. What? I was like, well, you're the one who says there's no such thing as systemic racism and why we don't need race, equity, diversity, and inclusivity. But here you have 15, 16, and 17 year olds thinking it's okay to use the N-word on the field in the city that you represent, in your district that you represent. Not one, not two, the entire cheer squad. And they're known for this. Mm. But we've been working really, really hard. Um, and you know, the great thing about this group is there are people who are special, who there are people who specialize in different things. So there are some people who have been in contact with the local media and explaining what's been going on. Like you should have your eyes on this. There are other people who are making complaints with the ACLU with this pastor who keeps coming up and saying like, yeah, this separation of church and state and what he's preaching from and also against the school, like the school is racist. So you have all of these people who have these different talents who are going around. We have some people who are close by and they can go to these board meetings. So they go and they kind of live tweet the rest of us on the group page. Like, 
this is what's happening. This is what's being said right now. You know, this is how you can do these things. We have other people who help organize um, letter writing campaigns, other people who help organize donation drives to uh, things that are important in our city. So that is, that was what was beautiful. I was so upset. And I remember my mom called me and she was like, did you hear about this? Like, I'm just so upset. I can't believe this. And I was like, yeah, I did. But this is what we've done. My mom was like, you raised that much money. I was like, yeah, this group raised that much money for those cheerleaders. And she was like, that is amazing. That's, I was just so upset. I just, you know, like just, she was like, here's just another way the city is racist. And I was like, but also mom, I want you to know, here is another way that your neighbors also care for you and care for people who look like you. It's not all it's not the whole city and this group is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and we're getting louder and louder and louder because like you said they're you know the the, the voice of the opposition they're loud I mean you know it's like a chihuahua right <laughs> although honestly on my end it, they feel a lot bigger and they are more violent yeah it's very scary and I think they are on your end but you know we're gonna I think our group beats them with the law. It's just like, okay, you can try it. You can try to intimidate us, but we've got the law on our side and here's how you're breaking it. Here's how this is not going to be okay. We will hold you accountable. That city councilwoman hates it when we show up because we show up to every meeting. She hates us, hates us because we know, she knows we are listening to everything you say and we will make your job difficult because we will cause we, you know, we're not going to cause a ruckus. We're not going to scream at you and curse you out, but we're going to write letters that have to be read. And so mm. you're here till 3 a.m. listening to us condemning you for what you said. So, all right, we can do that. We, we're going to have news reporters having your face in the local news, letting them know what's going on or getting Stephen Colbert to do a piece on you. We'll just embarrass you. And what something I realize is, these white conservatives do not like being embarrassed. Bingo. And that's how you do it. They don't, they hate looking like fools and everybody else laughing at them like they're fools. They hate it. I want to hit back on something you said earlier about how your group has all these different specialties. I think that's really powerful. I see that in a lot of um, organic or activism circles. And I think that that is something that really gets the longevity and the power of the group. Did that happen organically or did you reach out to certain people? Like, cause you guys have been around for a while and you've done some pretty serious major changes in your city. I was just wondering like, how did all these different types of people wind up together? I think it's because it started off with a lot of us core members or like original founders or educators. And I think a goal in education is using different talents and recognizing different talents and students and being like, this is how we need your help. And, and also I think that we attract it because people want to be involved in this and they see ways that they can be involved. They were like, okay, like one of my good friends, she's like, I'm not a public speaker. I'm not the one who is going to lead the charge. I'm not the one who's going to be like this. But she was like, but I'll be the planner. I will, you tell me what to do and I'll make sure it happens. I'll be the one who can write letters. If you need me to write a letter, I'll write 10 letters. I will do these things at home that you need done, you know? And that's where her power is, you know? And we can't do those things without all of these tiny little cogs in the machine making everything go because I think one of the great things is we know that no one person is more important than anybody else in this group we need everybody and we have people from all different walks of life we have former LAPD law enforcement we have former sheriffs we have uh former military, current military. We have educators, we have lawyers, we have journalists, we have, um, I mean, like just all different types of walks of life. We have single mothers. We have people who've been married for 50 years. We have single people. We have kids who are in college. We have people who have retired. And the common goal is 
we want better and we want to protect our people of color in the city. And that's the biggest mission in our mission statement is protecting people of color in the city and, and to link up with so many different people who all have that goal and who are all like, we're here to protect, we're here to uplift, we're here to, we're here to listen and make room for people to speak, make room for people who look like me and who look like other people of color in that group. Um, it's really amazing. It's really amazing to be a part of that. And, you know, I know that this is a group where I'm like, I, I need to step back. I have, this is, I'm in a place where I can't mentally handle this right now. I know somebody's going to come in and pick up where I can't and be like, Hey, don't worry about it. You go handle yourself when you're ready, come back. And we all do that. You know, we all take breaks and like, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it for the next couple of weeks. Like school's starting or I've got this wedding I'm going to, or I'm just tired and burnt out and I need to be with my kids. And it feels good because it doesn't feel like some, it doesn't feel like it'll fall apart if you're not there. Important. Yeah. And, and, and it's awesome. And again, it's, it's welcoming. Our, our, um, our page is transparent. Everything is posted publicly. So actually that city council woman is on our page. What? And she sent a whole bunch of trolls to our page too. And we're like, we kicked the trolls out because we said, you know, you're not going to cause harm to people of color here. And that's what you're trying to do. And that's not tolerated, but we're like, yeah, we don't mind. We will openly talk about you and what our game plan is. We don't need to hide. I'm fine with her knowing that we are calling the ACLU on her. Good. No, you should. We don't want to, you know, so if you're going to do something to make yourself better so we don't have to call, good. But I'm not afraid. We're not, we're not worried. We're, there's nothing we're trying to hide. We're not trying, you know, so our page is public. So, you know, that crazy pastor uh, will get on and, you know, he, he can't post because he's crazy, but <laughs> everything we write, you know, and, and he'll make comments about it at the, uh, at the city council member meetings, but we're like, we're not trying to hide anything. You're the one whose church we can't go to. You, he, he, I don't think you can go to the church if you don't wear a mask or if you wear a mask. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of religion is it? It's Christian, but he wow. said it's a sin to cover up this uh, this vestige that God created. And I was like, so you shouldn't wear glasses? <laughs> like, what does that mean? No hats, right? You should never wear a hat. <laughs> like, what is it? You should never put hair extensions in, right? It's it's but it's batshit bananas. It's crazy. Sounds like a cult. It is. It is definitely a cult. I was like, if Marjorie Taylor Greene was welcome there and spoke there, that is the last place on earth I want to be. Mm. Some people in my group were like, let's go and infiltrate the church. And I was like, mm, right on. Like there are other people who want to do it. I was like, for me, I won't step foot there. I will not go somewhere like that. I was like, I, I don't have any desire to go into the pit of hell. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like I, I already know it's going to suck. I don't want to go. Like I'm sure there are no, I know for a fact, there are no black people there. I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb. I already know. So, but you know, some people feel called to do that. Some people are like, I'll go and protest the church every Sunday, right on, go do your thing. That's what you want to do. You know, right on. There are some people who, when they find out these people have these crazy ass protests on one side of the street, they'll go and organize a protest to be on the other side of the street and drown them out. Right. So, you know, it's really cool to have like that different, like I said, those different modalities, those different specialties in our group, everybody. And that's the beauty of it. Like everybody picks where they want to be in social justice and they go there. And these are, although we're on different coasts and we have like different battles, this is happening across the country. And thanks for joining us tonight. Hopefully this will inspire you to like, if, you, if there isn't one already, like make one and at the very least attend at least one board meeting. I promise you it's a shit show. And yeah, you can tell us about it. We'd love, we'll read it on the air. It is crazy right now. Yeah. Board of education meetings and city council meetings. Go to both. <laughs> Go to both. <laughs> it's going to be really crazy, really wild. 
<laughs> right? How am I going to spend my Tuesday night? <laughs> <laughs> it is though. It's what like I I actually was watching yours and watching the one over here because they happened on the same night. So it's kind of reading the comments through on yours and on mine. And it was a lot of the similar stuff. People are like, what is this person saying right now? And like, this is ridiculous. And I can't believe they said that. And I was like, it's, it's almost like it was happening in the same town. It was crazy. It's almost like it was coordinated. Right? Hmm. <laughs> but thanks for listening to this show. And I think in a couple weeks, like in the fall, we're going to do the story of Ida B. Wells. So yeah. excited. Yes. Wait. So yeah, look forward to that. And until next time. Thank you.